It was bad. There'd be like seven or eight buckets, like all laid out all over the place to protect all these records and keep them from getting all jacked up. And I remember all these weird sealants and paints and everything else I'd be using, doing it all in their attic and I had like no ventilation other than the holes in the roof. I remember it was a torrential downpour one day. It's like, baby, get the buckets. I'll be home in 30 minutes. Get the buckets out. This is Big C, Little C, a podcast from Current Church in Franklin, Indiana, where we explore how the local church fits in with the global church and how the kingdom is at work on a local level. Current Church meets on Sunday nights at 6 at The Gear in Franklin and exists to encounter God, equip the church, and engage the world. We believe that whatever God is going to accomplish in this world, He is going to do through the church, Big C. These are our stories and the testimony of the power of God in everyday lives. Find out more at currentchurch.net or look for us on Facebook and Instagram. Now here's your host, Jeremy. In the interest of fair warning, this episode does contain spoilers. So if you have not yet watched Game 5 of the NBA Finals that was played on Monday, June 10th, you might want to cover your ears at certain points in this one. I think all of us at some time or another have wondered what it would be like to sit down and watch basketball with Chris Banta. Or was I the only one? Either way, that's what we get in this one. Chris Banta has served in many capacities at Current Church over the years. He and his wife, Michelle, were youth leaders at one point for Current. Chris is a founding member and the front man for Brother O' Brother. Uh, over the last six years, Brother O' Brother has played around 500 shows in the Midwest and beyond. You can find a number of their original releases wherever you stream music. Chris is also the CEO of Romanus Records, putting out custom and insertion vinyls that you've never seen the likes of. We're going to get into some of that. We're going to get into some of Chris's heart for the church. And of course, the Warriors-Raptors matchup. Thanks for listening. I want to say. Yeah. It's the nomenclature. The, the dubs and Toronto Raptors. What are your first half thoughts? I really like how manic the pace has gotten in the last uh, few minutes. I think Toronto's going to win. I feel like that the Warriors have, I mean, they were really hot. I think they showed them all the, just about most of everything they got. And like the Raptors are down like what, five or something? I want to say five. Chris Banta is one of the biggest NBA fans I know. Yet tonight... Golden State's Warriors have a chance to extend the season at least another game, possibly two, Mm. which I think game seven is never a bad thing. Explain your Mm. bad take. Explain your bad take of wanting the Raptors to win it in five. For sure. Uh, It's too much risk. (laughs) Like, as someone who's a diehard Pacers fan, uh, I've grown up, you know, rooting for the East and... uh, there hasn't been anyone from the East sans LeBron who has appeared to have a chance to win anything uh, since the Pistons in 04, <laughs> I believe. I believe it was 04. Is that right? Yeah. So I hadn't thought about it in those terms. So with all of that in mind, 
you had the Pistons, you had what Orlando one year, and I think yeah, everything else has been LeBron related because he went to eight straight finals. So yes, that's almost like every Super Bowl containing a Manning, a Brady, or a Roethlisberger for like thirty years. Correct. So akin to that. Yeah. So I'm I'm very just ready for the new blood, uh, as they said in WCW, the new blood. I think this is very of the Lord as we create podcast history. I'll test watching, the spirit. Watching the NBA Finals, <laughs> it seemed good to us and the Holy Spirit. Uh, um, as we both know, current church is a very sports fan heavy congregation. Oh, let's, the uh, droves. Let's talk about um, How everything we've said so far will resonate with, uh, we'll say, Craig Palmer. And Craig Palmer? <laughs> it's not, um, I guess, what you would think of a lot of church stereotypes as far as that bit goes i think normally you think it's just like a bunch of dads and uh you know cargo shorts <laughs> and uh visors i feel like the lord did a pruning work at current church with cargo shorts uh i haven't seen them for a couple of years mm. you know i will say i wish cargo shorts were still acceptable to wear yeah i, I did like great, them great storage i did like them you know I couldn't put them on now, though. I couldn't. Like, if I put them on now, I, I would look at myself like, oh. Maybe not cargo shorts, but like a swim short thing with pockets, I think is still acceptable to go to, like, a theme park. Yeah, for sure. Uh, because you have to have storage when you ride the roller coaster that could zip and or button. I think that makes logical sense. It sounds like you're advocating, though, basically for the... Basically, the official pants of new metal, like the oh. <laughs> uh, those pants you could buy at Old Navy, I think was really high with them, and they were like they'd be like neon orange, and they had um, they were cargo, but they also unzipped at the knees, and so they could be pants or shorts. Do you recall these? Yeah, um, never owned. Do recall? I I owned a pair. I thought they were pretty sweet, and but then they started to make them in like more casual colors. They'd be like, hey, you can have like a a khaki colored version of this technology. We were wrong. The dubs lead by six okay. starting the second half. Okay. No KD, by the way. Prayers for KD. Yeah. Uh, it's looking grim. It's looking like he had a uh, a calf strain, and he may have just turned it into an ACL tear, potentially. And I'm sure that he is, uh, if uh, his fate is now sealed, uh, not go to the Warriors. That's for sure. They're like, if he's like, you pressured me to go out here, and I blew out my leg. You know, he is a uh, long gone. Uh, you know, maybe potentially into the safe haven of the well-documented, well-versed Knicks training staff. <laughs> they did good by Kristaps. That's right. Yeah. Boy, did a great not... job managing that one. We're talking NBA free agency, if that didn't make any sense. Yeah. I may need to cut some of this out. No. Uh, this has to stay. I feel like kind of something you touched on was, was right and good in that if the Warriors were going to win it, they were going to win it in the first half when they had Durant and had the pace and had all their threes falling, and they saw a 12-point lead whittled down to yeah. one at one point. I mean, it's back up to 11, though, right now. It happened so, so fast. Did just score again? Yeah, hit a couple threes, or a three and a two. Who knows? Clay Thompson or Steph could obviously freak out, but I'd like to see Toronto win. And I I, I like the Warriors. I've got no, no beef with the Warriors. This is news to them, I'm sure. One thing that I value in you as a friend and as an observer of all things yeah. Chris Mantle oh. is um, in and I, natural habitat. We, uh, <laughs> we talked about this a little bit during uh, a man outing uh, over the winter, but I'm outing. I think obviously it goes without saying that you're one of the most creative minds among us. Mm. 
Do you sometimes feel almost restless on your own skin because there's so much creativity that it kind of Oof. almost wants to uh, work its way out of you and there's not enough outlets? Know. Do you ever feel that way? No, I don't know about don't all that. that. Okay. I think I just want to do stuff that I am proud of and I think is cool. And if I'm not working towards something that I find value in that I've put forth some effort, then I get kind of like irritable because I'm like, what am I doing with my life? Like, why am I not trying to, you know just pursue something to do something, you know, like, uh, I think if you are, I think part of a life, you know, with Christ or just life as a person is you should be striving for excellence and just doing something. Things come, go and change. And, but I just want to do stuff that I think is cool and that I'm proud of. Yeah. Don't want to be a bum. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like Fred Van Vliet started the second half. Uh, yeah, they've been running the, uh, Lowry Van Vliet lineup a lot. And then Danny Green's been coming off the bench. That's Fred, Fred did not start the game, right? I think Fred did start the game. Oh, That's what I'm saying. They've been running this Fred Van Vliet, Kyle Lowry starting pair a lot in okay. this series. Okay. Well, with that creativity, with you, one thing I've noticed, I've known a lot of creative types. Follow-through is a different story. And I think sometimes people like mm. you and me who, who get a lot of ideas get bogged down in the follow-through or will start partway down a road and save the rest for later or maybe some of the ideas that you've had in your short 32 years mm. you could have thought okay maybe that's something that i shelve for now and maybe i'll make sick vinyl when i'm in a different stage of my life where i'm not living in franklin indiana or i'm not confined to how much space i have in my house or whatever for those who don't know chris is making some of the most literally this is not hyperbole this is some of the the most unique and creative and uh, one of a kind what's another word those are uh, good. Vi vinyl records <laughs> in the entire world and the acclaim has come from near and far and clay thompson lead is 12 seesaw affair i would say mm -hmm. and one of the things that i put to you is where do you find the gumption where do you find the the starting material to take an idea that's in your head and say, this is something that I can see to fruition where I am in my life right now, no matter if people embrace it when I tell them or, I mean, for me, like something even like this, this podcast, yeah, something I care about and I put time into and yeah, I hear, I get feedback and all that. You were telling me you were you had the dream of getting oil used by monster trucks into a record. Correct. So you were literally going to go to the monster truck show yeah, the monster and jam. walk up to yeah um, uh, drivers and ask for their oil. Now I would have that idea. Yeah. I don't think I could f summon the Holy Spirit gumption <laughs> to walk up to a driver and ask that. But for you, it's just it's what you what you're doing. It's who you are right now, and so you go with it. I guess, like, uh, no one's going to make your ideas or whatever come to life but you. And so I can live with regret and think, oh, that would have been a cool thing or, you know, whatever. And I'd do it or just be like, hey, I'll give it a try. And, man, I just so much for me as a person of faith and, you know, a person who uh, for me follows Christ. Like, I just think it's odd um, and it's just part of grow, you know, growing and everyone's circumstances are different. But just for me, every bit of success I have with the record label or anything in life or like just how blessed I've been, I'm just like, all right, I can do this. And the more you start to do step out in faith and just do things, 
that are interesting or unexpected and they go well, you just start to think, why can't I do this? I should just, you know, I'm going to work to find a way. So I was trying to put oil or gas from a monster truck into an EP called Monster Truck. It ended up not working out, which stunk. But I had a back and forth email conversation with someone who was totally on board. Mm -hmm. And that was because I scoured the internet trying to find just emails. It's very difficult to find good, reliable contact information for monster truck drivers. Um, <laughs> not a lot of good, like a uh, public domain space. It's not like booking a band, but I got someone who was like super interested in it and they're all game. And then like they essentially wanted a broke down to like almost a thousand dollars to like, for me to get, you know, what was going to boil down to him. Like, yo, if you could just get me like a quart of oil, right. that's enough. Yeah. After I balked at the financial number, it basically like, I got ghosted, but that's all right. Warriors on an eight nothing run right now. Yeah, how about twelve? Look at Draymond Green, that goober. So that, I mean, but it, that door may not be closed forever. No, I'm not too worried about it though. So like, uh, I just move on to the next thing, man. So I mean, with the record label and all the weird insertion stuff, it's just things that I've I can't believe have happened. You know, I I make the only LED records in the world, playable LED records. I had the idea for quite a while. And I just thought I couldn't figure out how to get the power to the record. And I thought to myself, like, I've got to figure this out. I can't be the only person that's thinking about this. And I remember actually being on tour and I finally came up with the idea and I texted it to myself immediately. And as soon as I got home, like while I was on the road, I ordered the materials I would need to test it out. Wow. And uh, as soon as I got home, I made a prototype and it was really crude, but it worked. And I was like, sweet, I can do this. And then I got to it. Now, man, last year on just LED records, I made like over 200 King Gizzard and Lizard Wizard LED records, and that about killed me. Uh, it was a huge financial blessing and grew the label a lot, but it was also just brutal. Like, there's just so time-consuming. I'm Each one of them probably, without like the cure time that's required for these things, is probably taking, between testing, cleaning, everything else, like an hour and a half at least. Per per record from start to finish like if i had like it was like you have to build this right now for it to be perfect and that's brutal how quickly did they sell out i think originally i put like 165 of the 200 up because i was just so concerned like could i even fulfill that many and all 165 at i think it's 85 or 90 dollars a piece sold out in i think like 12 hours or something like that and i had so many people trying to get them after the fact um, as the press grew for it and everything else. So it's a weird world I'm living in for sure. What was the biggest, uh, for lack of a better phrase, pinch me moment on, on some of the press you got? Um, I've been blessed to have quite a bit of press for the label and everything else. I mean, the, probably the biggest one was just, uh, it's kind of, I don't know if they're tied in together, but I remember Classic Rock Magazine, the UK, did a really big write-up on me. And I didn't know they were like a huge thing. Mm -hmm. I The name sounded so generic to me. I didn't think it was anything. <laughs> and I remember reading about it. And then a band on my label got picked up for like a song of the week thing from them. And they were flipping out. And I was like, what is this? Then I went and actually looked at what Classic Rock Magazine was. I was like, holy smokes, this is huge. Like it. And so I took the interview super serious. And <laughs> they did a big write-up on me. And it was just like 
on their their front page was just like very top like boom editor's pick meet romanus records the small label that's reinventing vinyl and that actually came out on the same day that chris cornell died Mm -hmm. and it's kind of sad but i think because that happened there were so many people flock going to the site beyond even just normal to read up on that and so that was just right it was like they were both right there at the top two things of the page and i remember getting when that article went live um i think within like three days just from their site alone it had like over three thousand shares and discogs picked it up i mean t-mobile picked it up just all kinds of huge brands and names all across the world picked it up and it's funny how the dissemination of information works where you know, like it's very much telephone. And I remember I did this glow in the dark dino bone filled record. And that was mentioned in these articles, but as they kept going further and further back and someone else would pick up and do a rewrite, it said this label will put dinosaur bones in a record like fossils. And then it got so bad that I'm like, these aren't real dinosaur bones. I remember there was an archeology span podcast that I saw that was discussing it that I'd put in real dinosaur bones in a record. And I just laughed. I was like, (laughs) it was very much like, this is how the internet works. And uh, yeah, like uh, the word fake news is, is often misused and I really hate it, but that would be an example, I guess, as far as the dissemination of information, turning news into fake news. The reality is just their plastic glow in the dark dinosaur bones. Oh, Boogie, you got shook out of your drawers. (laughs) Down to a four-point lead. Yeah, four-point game. 350 but... to play in the third yeah. quarter. Yeah, Fred Van Vliet, 11 points on three of six from three-point shooting. I don't That's think it. I've ever asked you where the name Romanus came from. Uh, you know, man, Clay Thompson, cold-blooded. Um, I had the name Roman Records for quite a while in my head, and I had that idea two or three years before the label even started. And I had artwork made, and I was looking all fresh, and I had the Facebook page, but, like, I never did anything with it. No one knew it even existed. Mm-hmm. And then as I got close to actually launching the label, for real, I had done all this research, and I couldn't find anything called Roman Records. But I did another search just to be safe. And then whoever, I can't remember his name, but, like, the lead guitarist of Aerosmith self-released something in the 90s under a label called Roman Records. And I, I think it was just his own whatever name. And my whole thing with like, it's cool if you have a personal story or tie into a, a brand name, but if you don't, have something that's easy to market. So Romanus, at least Google Translate, the best I could find in Italian, I think that was like Roman or <laughs> loosely translated. And so I was like, cool. It was just easy to like, with all the art and everything else to, this is ridiculous. This game's getting out of hand. It was just easy to to theme things. Um, Cousins, man. And so I just... Yeah, that's where it came from. Nothing special. So this is not to discredit your abilities as a guitar player and or frontman, lead vocalist, etc. But mm-hmm. I, I, it's been said by me that you're 65% marketing guru and 35% <laughs> musician. I mean that in the best possible yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. But you always look at the big picture. You definitely have a marketing mind. In the beginning of the days of Brother Oh Brother, circa 2013, July, we'll say. Mm-hmm. This is a band I'm in, by the way. <laughs> Did you advance it that far in your mind that it could be a launching pad no. for the vinyl I craziness? No, I had no idea. No. I, you're hopeful, okay, but like when good things start to come, you just 
you start to put forth effort and try things. And normally, you know, what was that? Um, you're a professional basketball player. What was that? No, so like the band started, you know, you have those hopes and aspirations. I just remember I was 27 and I'd been in a band before, but I was like, all right, if I really want to give this a try and tour and be serious about it, I got to start now. And so as things started to go well and kind of grow a little bit, I was already a vinyl collector and I just thought, man, it'd be so sweet if my band had vinyl. Like I just, that'd be one of the, a little moment that'd be cool. This is before it really blew up, right? It's been growing for the last gosh, 10 or 15 years, but like, I would say it was right before maybe, I mean, it's still growing at like, so, but it was definitely in a, a big growth period. So yeah, I, I guess I got in just a little before some of it got just right in the middle of, I guess when it was first really starting to okay. come back. And I remember we got our first seven inch and that was really cool. And I, we sold a decent amount of them. And then we got a write up by Sly Vinyl, which is like the biggest like vinyl news coverage kind of website in the world. And I didn't know about it. And then all of a sudden, like all of our remaining records that we had were all sold out like overnight. And I didn't even know it happened. And I thought there was an error. I thought someone would like, I don't know. I just thought there was some sort of scam or something going on. <laughs> and I remember that's like, we got our first international order. That was just such a weird concept to me. Which record was it? It was just our first seven inch, yeah, like okay. way back when. From there, it was like, cool. And I remember we did an LP. And then I just started to really think like, I can... I wanted to make liquid-filled records. I just started doing all this experimenting, trying to figure out how to do them, and had little luck. But then I thought, why is insertion records pretty much just seem like it's like liquid-filled records or nothing else? I thought there's so much more from an art standpoint that you could do than just liquid-filled records. And so I just started doing all kinds of stuff and exploring that. And the first thing I did was that Dino Bone record. I did 60 of them at $60 a piece. And I thought, I don't know, this is a lot of money. I don't think anyone's going to want this stuff. And they sold out in under three minutes. And it like melted my mind. I didn't even have a label at that time. We Brother Brother has been on like six independent labels. And the label we were on, I needed people to know that I made those records, even though we were on that label. And so I went ahead and made Romanus just so people knew I was making them. And then the demand for what I was doing became so large that I started the label, started bringing on other bands, and now it's been going. I've had two years of full-time work on the label, and I think we've put out 23 projects, something like that. It's been growing pretty crazy. Clarify something for me. Yeah. When a lot of us think of record label, we think of Capitol Records or yeah. some records. When you say record label, you say the brother or brother has been on six record labels. Six independent, Yes. What does that mean? And in the in the picture, like somebody can be on a record label and still do a vinyl deal with Romanus, right? Yeah. So um, it all depends on how big a label is. Like if you have exclusivity deals, you know, for certain projects. And then look, like an independent label can just be like a you know a guy got a normal nine to five job, but he's like funding these releases and he's just doing physical only. He's not doing any digital distribution or real marketing or anything but he's helping you produce this vinyl or whatever and just doing very diy and that's how most labels all start and then they take different forms and grow from there so we had worked with six you know similar types of those types of labels and with the way the music landscape is now there is so much more of that available out there and i think it's a great resource for bands to tap into um to 
you know, get people that really care about your music and like are putting their best effort forward behind it because it really matters to them. And from that, you develop some really strong communities and people that are just diehards for what you're doing and what for these independent labels are doing. Because a lot of times they are meeting the desires of a collector much better than a larger label that's like, we don't care. We're just going to put out 10,000 black records and like, who cares? So labels just come in all different shapes and forms and sizes. However, if you say you're a label and you don't actually make any physical product at all or like, I don't know, actually produce anything, you're not a label. I do see one of two of those everyone's pop up out of the woodwork and i'm like what are you doing you're not (laughs) you have no financial investment in anything you're not a label it's like someone who says they're they manage a band and it's like what do you manage i know you love managers they play 20 shows a year you're not managing anything (laughs) so i'm on ebay uh ebay.com right now you may have heard of it are you trying to buy that uh king gizzard and the lizard wizard the price Hmm. $249.95 $249.95 with $9.45 shipping. That has to be oh, for surreal. One for one of those records I made? That has to be surreal. Oh, I've got like five on my kitchen table right now. <laughs> well, you, and you were talking about how, and who knows if they're going to get this much money. No, but, I don't, th- I don't but, think they will, but they could try. What? I've seen someone pay just over $400 for a custom I made once, though. Do you know where, it, where the buyer was? I think it was Discogs. It was overseas. 19.7 seconds left to go in the third quarter. The dubs lead by six. We'll keep you posted. Mm. You'll hear it here first. Yeah, of course. Live stream. <laughs> the We'll peel back the curtain a little more here. Uh, Chris grilled some chicken and boiled some corn before this recording session. And Indiana boy through and through. <laughs> on, his, uh, <laughs> on his kitchen table were some of the LED records. You were talking about doing those interviews with some of the press and reference being a small label. Yeah. Since the Big C Little C podcast is, yeah. is by the body, for the body, is for current church, uh, you can tell me things. You can share. Um, but do you ever let them know how small? Would the interviewer from one of these sites or magazines ever know that you're literally putting these together in a ranch home uh, in a a country, ra- on a country road in, in a Franklin? ranch home? Uh, definitely. I think they know that I'm running this label out of my house. Um, like, I don't have a storefront somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, that doesn't determine... The world's so different now. That doesn't determine size. Like, gosh, the amount of people that work out of their homes and, like, have, like, huge businesses, um, I think is more prevalent now than ever. It's weird. I think it's tough for small businesses, but there's just there's just more ways to make some cash, I think, now from home, from creative endeavors. So, I mean, it's come a long way. I mean, I remember I first started it when I lived above a print shop. That was the first things I did. I had decent space there. And then uh, we moved in with some church friends, Daniel and Alicia, uh, the banana thighs. And, like, uh, the house they lived in was cool. It had some serious roof issues at the time. And we lived upstairs. And I remember I was making these records. And I'd have them laid out and stuff. And they had some leaks upstairs. And so if I was gone... I would call Michelle and I had all these buckets and towels and I'm like, baby, get out the buckets. And I'm serious. It was bad. There'd be like seven or eight buckets, like all laid out all over the place to protect all these records and keep them from getting all jacked up. And I remember all these weird sealants and paints and everything else I'd be using. And I was just doing it all in their attic and I had like no ventilation other than the holes in the roof. It made for some pretty sweet 
mental pictures. Just there's just I remember it was a torrential downpour one day. It's like I was like, baby, get the buckets. I'll be home in thirty minutes. Get the buckets out. I got the it was real bad. Um but yeah, that's what that's real life. That's what it takes, okay? And uh and then we bought a home, had our son and I have a you know, a room in my house that is just, you know, for the business and then um takes over a lot of the garage at different times and everything else and we're probably going to be putting a third car garage on pretty hopefully this year and the label will move out into that and that'll give me even more room for fulfillment and everything else just because it's growing and then allow us also to have open up that bedroom again for a child you know so we'd like to fill that room up with another specimen another banta specimen did baby get the buckets yeah she did a good job she did a good job she's a good sport DeMarcus Cousins is getting buckets tonight, I might add. Uh, boogie to the uninformed. Did we? Are we going to the fourth quarter now? Did I miss it? Uh, yes, we are. Okay. Stand by. Toronto, five for 24 from three. Case of the yips. Well, Fred has hit three of those. You were talking about how, uh, how much you like band managers oh. and talking about the sense of community with running a record label. And, and so stop me if you must. But you have kind of played the role of mentor for bands all the way down to coaching them on style, right? So yeah. You're, you're not just sitting there cranking out these vinyls. No. You're also, I don't know if consultant would be a word that you like. I'm but, being a partner. Yeah. It's in my best interest to help develop bands, no matter where they're at. But, like, it's more, especially with some, like, mid-level touring bands, like, to work with uh, bands like those to to do my part to partner with them and help develop them you know just like they're helping develop the label i mean i've got bands that you know can think of a couple that have really grown a ton in even just the last two years where they went from playing you know 35 shows jumped up to 150 last year and they'll play just over 200 this year um probably in that uh volk out of nashville's first one that comes to mind mm-hmm. and there's some others that's just part of growing in my responsibilities as a label and also just seeing the you know when you believe in something helping like any good friend with anything helping them execute their vision and also giving them greater vision for what you think that they can do because you believe in them you know just like uh, we should be doing with each other in the body you know but it's uh you're human you only have so much buy-in time to put with in with people you know so I guess just be wise with that time, if that makes sense. It's a five-point game, 10 minutes ago, Toronto ball. Still no KD, I can't believe it. I think his leg fell off. Oh. He hasn't come back yet. I think he got gangrene on the court. His leg has gone the way of Daniel's roof. Yeah, three-point game. Well, we could go a number of directions here. This is getting intense. I'm ready. I'm ready to answer some tough questions. We'll talk brother or brother with you and Warner in the room together, but inquiring minds want to know, does Warner also write lyrics with you? Uh, it has not worked out that way. <laughs> Could be for any particular reasons. Oh, okay. That was not the answer that, uh, <laughs> uh but, but I've yet, I've yet to grant him that, that, uh, that pleasure, but the way that we write, it hasn't really bored itself out to like, needed to be that way because a lot of times i'll write you know a song or riff and have some stuff together and then he will help we'll work together and he'll write the drum stuff and like so we're both fulfilling the roles that we need to fulfill 
Um, he does, uh, he's named more than a few songs though. Mm. And I'll even have all the lyrics written and he will name a song and he'll be like, he'll be like, this is a good name. I'm like, that is a good name. Let's do it. <laughs> and then he'll just be like, yeah, that's my job. I name songs, <laughs> you know, and very, like, it's very Warner swept matter of fact, like does one thing. Excellent. He's like, that's my new job. <laughs> did you listen to the Warner podcast? I did. He oh. sounded like such a empathetic, sweet boy in that thing. He sounded like a it was real, probably, he sounded, he sounded like a real charmer. Yeah, I kind of fell in love with Warner that night. Yeah. <laughs> but, the but, sweet glisten off his smooth skull. <laughs> but the whole concept of uh, celebrating one another. Uh, yeah. Nobody to real. celebrate you. That's right. Um, um, yeah. What's your. Oh, boy, oh KD's a, on crutches. That's, that's a not good. Right He's got hate in his eyes. Look at that raw emotion. That's not good. Jesus, help him. Oof. We heard Warner's take on, on the Chris and Warner pairing yeah the celebration thereof what's yours <laughs> the festival of friendship <laughs> uh no yeah i think it really helps obviously that we're both believers and that's molded a lot of how our friendship and band and everything and relationships with our our wives like and families has just grown because there's always that foundation and we have to see each other all the time and so it's just been cool how god has used that as the backbone of everything in our friendship that like I think it's given us a very long-term perspective about things and about just being each other's friends and I don't know what to say to each other and then not to take everything so serious as far as like oh what we're doing right now is so important mm -hmm. or x y and z you know when other people may take it that way um I think that's helped things to be more calm and then just I think one of the biggest thing is we have both developed such trust in each other um, because of our friendships with one another that we've put in that time that I think that's probably why we are so complimentary of one another. Um, I mean, there's been times where, you know, I'll be frustrated or dealing with something and Warner will talk to me. There's been times where Warner has been the same way and they have a bunch of young kids and they're like, we're not sure if night church is for our kids. Like, you know, it's tough right now. And, uh, you know, I remember having a conversation where they were just really conflicted about, if that was the right place for them at that time. And I was like, look, look where your life was before maybe you were part of this body and look where it is now. Like kids are going to get older, you know, and like things will get easier and you'd be throwing away is the wrong word, but just, it'll just be a, I don't know if that's a, just examine your, your life and just see if that's, you know, if you think that's the right thing to do based upon where you were now to then, then obviously also, you know, we're all about it, but, um, yeah. And we just help each other, man. Like I just very blessed to have someone like him in my life. And, uh, it's cool how he's for sure developed into my best friend and the person that besides my wife, I spend the most time with that comes from like a place of him just having a, a very, uh, loving, tender heart. And, uh, you know, the ability to just think, uh, we both just like to have a good time and, keep things light but when things need to be serious we can be without like ripping each other's faces off we're solutions oriented i think so yeah i think about fruit and how people at current church bear fruit we just made warner an elder i think we yeah. should i think we should make you director of retention um, <laughs> but no i mean i know that you feel you have a heart for people as much as anybody i know and you also believe in what is happening at current church. And I think about the fruit. So 
I've been at Current a little while, I guess now, but it still feels like my new church, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I look around the room and I, I think of the people not named Feasel who predate me. And I think of Chris Banta, the Will Heights, Mad, uh, Palmers were, were away, but they're back. Mm-hmm. And there's a short list there. You were not married at the time. So I think about you brought Michelle to our family. Then you brought Warner and Tiffany to our family. They have two kids, one on the way. They brought Lee and Jess. Yeah. A kid, one on the way. I don't know if you thought about it in those terms, but that's fruit. That is new blood in our family that makes a freaking difference. Like, could you yeah, imagine those are all current, great people. Could you imagine current without those people? No, it would not be fun. I hadn't thought of it that way. I don't know. I just, uh, man, it's like, uh, it's not so much about like, come to my church, right. you know, but like, I think a natural uh, thing and, in life a lot of times is just if you're sharing life with people quite a bit, is that, a, and especially if you're both like, you know, people of a similar faith, you know, I think it's pretty natural that you're going to start hanging out with those people at their church bodies or vice versa. And uh, look at that. He's a bulldog. He's a bulldog. Kyle Lowry. He's got a little bulldog belly on him too. I like it. <laughs> um, it's not, I mean, he's in incredible shape, but it's just like, he's got like uh he's got a little bit of just, he's got like a fit dad bod. Um, not talking about Warner. <laughs> Kyle Lowry. Wow. Uh, that, I would never say that. Uh, <laughs> Warner is a has a very fit dad bot. It's fit for different uses. Okay, you know it's like Liam Neeson. He has a specific set of skills. Hey, All right, I ain't mad. <laughs> Warner would tell you the same thing. Um, he has a specific set of skills. Oh man! Oh look at Kawhi! Oh, okay. oh the claw! <laughs> Six fifty-two to play. One point ninety-one. One point game. The claw just ripped a rebound from space. And we forgot to mention Maximus. Maximus is my son. Yes, my boy. You brought him as well. He uh, more, more and Latin mean and Latin means the greatest. Uh, I can vouch for that. Yeah, you know, it's a very. Someone said it's a good thing you didn't give him such an ostentatious name, and I I was laughed. I was just like, well, it's not my fault I didn't name our kid Larry Steve. <laughs> <laughs> like you really, really wanted to push him to the stars there. <laughs> no, hey, we need. We need lots of good Steves. Look at Draymond Green getting all flustered, doing something stupid. Who would you say the Draymond Green of current churches? Oh, no one. Thank goodness. <laughs> it's a terrible answer. That's the right answer. <laughs> I wouldn't want anyone to be the Draymond Green of current church. If you can't find the Draymond Green in, in the church, it's probably you. No, I don't. Th- I there. don't think that's at all. Oh, okay. Maybe, no. Maybe it's not you. Though. There's. I don't think there's anyone. No way. No way. I'll give you, I'll give you someone though that like, because we're all just being loving. Oh yes, someone it's that a very like, loving podcast. Yeah, no, someone that like I liked, but he would rub me raw sometimes, and I can say this because I know this person. We love each other to death, and our relationship has grown so much, especially over the last I'd say like two or three years. Uh, John Feasel, man, me like I love John, and oh goodness, Duncan for Jesus. Um. And I just remember though, like everyone's, the Feasel family is has long been very straightforward, for lack of a better word. And uh, all that to be said, let's see, did Kawhi travel? Oh yeah, goodness, he walked all over the place. That was, how was well, that's why they stopped playing D. Yeah, because like he, yeah, it was terrible. Um, oh, yeah. you, you guys will want to see the replay of that. Steve Kerr, Steve Kerr's gonna have a back spasm. Um, 
But and so I there was many times John would just say something sometimes, and I'm like, what are you saying? And my my wife would pick up on it more. And but like I'm sure I did same stupid stuff too. And then I think just over the last few years, I don't know, I've just been impressed with John's continued just development maturity and spiritual growth and just as a friend and like man i wouldn't want anything for my life not to have that guy around he's the best but it is just funny how like how your relationships change and also your view of people as you get to know them there we go you heard it here first john fiesel dream on green no no i i um John, if you're listening, knowing, you're the best. Knowing John Fiesel has toughened me up in a good way. Yeah. Probably you too. And see, I can I can say that on this podcast because I know John Fiesel could handle it. Yeah. Yeah. But everybody grows, man. I And he's also like 6'5". Well, he's done growing, but... Allegedly. But everybody's growing, and I think, right. I think it's a beautiful thing. I think it's... Um, there are the different relationships I have with different guys at current. They don't even resemble each other. The things that I can talk to this guy about, the things I can talk to that guy yeah. about. But it'll... One more thing on John yeah, Fiesel. One of the best things about John, though, is that he is someone that anytime if I did have a, like an issue or just like a whatever, I could talk to him right away and just say, yo, I don't know. I don't know if I like believe what you said at all. I might think that's a hot malarkey or whatever. And he might think the same thing about something I said. And from the very beginning, like I could always approach that person and know that like they would hear me and vice versa and that builds some serious trust and friendship when you know that you can have honest conversations with people and i think this goes for a decent amount of people at current in general like that you can have a difficult conversation but know that it'll still be a good one and you're not going to lose you know friendship and stuff over that and if you do like we always want to examine ourselves to make sure that we are coming to someone spiritually with tact and with love and grace and figuring out how to do things. But also like, that's just part of growth, man. Like, you know, everything is not going to always be perfect. And yeah. And when you're at a, a typically a smaller church, I mean, you're going to be far more aware of everything that's going on in, in everyone's lives. Um, so anything that you like or don't like either way is going to be magnified because you're just aware but that's cool. It gives you, man, it gives you a lot of license to like have a strong place in someone's life. And it's like, are you going to use that to your benefit or to your determinant? Kawhi with the pull up three to take the lead with five minutes to go. This the claw. Is, this is getting the claw. I'm not trying to watch a celebration tonight. I am. I'm trying to watch everyone but Drake. Drake's, uh, uh, man, I can't stand Drake. Drake is the Draymond Green of Toronto fans. How's that? Drake will have a impromptu. Oh boy! Oh, the claws taking over. Uh, he will have an impromptu, like free show, immediately after. <laughs> yeah, that would be pretty epic. I mean, if you liked Drake, anyways. I mean, look at Drake tickets. You oh. know, was that Draymond John, John Green? Jump with a baby hook. Was that Draymond Green with a left-handed hook? I. You know what needs to happen right now? I, it, I'm enjoying it, this, I, this whole claw bit. I, I think that Steph Curry needs to take over this game. Well, I don't think it. I mean, is Clay out there? Is Clay? Yeah, Clay's out there. Oh, oh, the claw. He wants it. The claw is hungry. Oh, the claw. Why, why is Cousins out the there? Claw. <laughs> that, uh, for those who aren't in the in the know, Kawhi Leonard's nickname is the Claw because he has hands that look like they're aliens. They're so huge. 
He has massive hands, and he just hit another step back three. Oh, I man. I feel like maybe a stop, oh, stop would be are you, pertinent right now. Are, are you ready? This is going to be a like just a face See, kick. Okay, so who should be guarding him out there? Uh, they've got Clay on him. That's their best defender. Clay, oh, it doesn't matter. Clay is an all de- he has been all defensive team more than a few times. And, I feel like this might be a problem. And Claw is eating his lunch. Steph? Nope. Oh. It is a six-point game. Claw is eating their lunch. Uh, you better believe the game plan is ISO for Claw. ISO for Claw. Timeout. So I want to parlay that discussion into something I was, I was already going to ask Claw. you. You've it led, moves. <laughs> you've led me that direction. <laughs> um, I said earlier you have a heart for people. You also have... A very evident heart for the local church. And like I said, you've been there. You're one of the few who has been there longer than I have. I think I could say this, that you theologically, philosophically, politically, musically, don't always line up directly with current church leadership. Yet. I do not like POD. You are always there. <laughs> sometimes you're there. Sometimes you're late. Um, you're always there. It's because my wife's and more attractive than takes her longer. That's what I tell myself. She's so pretty that it takes her longer to get ready. You guys should move to Franklin. That way you can. Yeah, no, yeah, it. yeah, for sure. Um, That's what it is. There are. I've been <laughs> part of the church my entire life. And one of the things that has been very evident to me over the years is that it's a consumeristic mentality. And people are at a church for what it can do for them. And. If they're getting fed or not fed or whatever. But also, most people... Okay, most is is too wide of a scope. But a lot of people have, over the years, the what-can-I-be-offended-by mentality approach to church. You have the I-might-be-offended-but-how-can-I-be-a-part-of-the-solution mentality approach to church. I think I'm safe in saying that. Would you agree? Uh, I'd like to think so. I have too much mental stake and too many friendships and too many great relationships with people that aren't worth losing over, I don't know, theological debates or something that like, is this something that's so hard and dry that, you know, I'm 100% confident on? Because if I'm not, I shouldn't be trying to expect the same as someone else. I think a lot of the truth in the world is sometimes a little bit in the gray, kind of the in-between, because we're trying, we're all trying to do our best to figure things out. And so, yeah, I just, I hope so. I, Cause I want, I want people to stick around. I want, I want my friends. I want to have those relationships. I want people to, I want my great relationships and friendships that I have with my church body for my son to be able to grow up around those people. I think a lot of, Oh man, he's, he, you know, he's shooting it. What is that? Well, yeah, that, gosh, that was a heat check. That was a terrible shot. The claw just airballed, by the way. Yeah, the the claw put up a uh, AI level heat check shot. Um, Who's number four, and why is he out there? Uh, that's uh, Quinn Cook, and he can shoot the three ball. That's why he's out there. Oh, Clay, cold blooded. Three point game, two twenty eight left. Man, what a game! What a game. Yeah, man, I just that's how we're supposed to be. We're sp- it is. like I don't I don't understand. And look, and if you if you are offended by something, you need to tell the person, you know. And if they don't hear you or don't respond or aren't willing to talk to you, then like, yeah, you've got every right to maybe think about doing something different, you know. But oh, boogie with a grown man dunk was that a goaltend? It was in the cylinder. They're under two minutes. It's one fifty nine. They can review it. Um, but 
It looked nice. No, that's outside. Yeah. They can review that, right? Uh, uh, it's 159. They must be because look how slow it's going. Yeah. Boogie. I feel like I feel like cousins might be the difference in this game. So yeah. I I think that has a lot of that has bled into just a lot of the way I think God has allowed me to be programmed into life into believing that I could do things. So like with the record label, just that what it's become now like blows my mind and the caliber of artists that I'm getting to work with. Like some of these bands like are huge bands and I'm getting to release their LP. Um, I just got the weeks out in Nashville. Like that was my biggest LP I've ever gotten. And they're massive. Kings of Leon put out one of their records. I mean like, wow. and now they're working with me. So it's a weird world. You just got to believe you can do it. And just, I think it's trying to hopefully instill confidence in others to know that like, Hey, this will pass. You can make it through it, you know, and we're all in this together. And if you're frustrated about something, that's okay. You're allowed to be frustrated, but let's talk about why. And like, let's figure out a way to work together to make this better. Cause we are far more valuable with you around in our lives instead of, you know, dipping out. Cause like, well, this isn't going the way I want. Right. You know, so. And that brings to mind a conversation we had off mic where it's been said that current church is in a time of transition, but your proclivity to think big, I know you have church thoughts, <laughs> but I also believe that you have a way, a knack for presenting them positively. If you were brought in as an independent consultant, how would you translate your think big, think positively? We can. Yes, we can. Wow. They, Open change. They didn't give them that bucket, by the way. That's, uh, that's that, garbage. Yeah, I think it was. Man, I, I would just encourage people to continue to think big. <sighs> I think it's it's much easier to think small and to think about, like, to tell yourself that, like, well, to box yourself potentially into thinking, like, this is maybe what is meant for us at this time. When it could just be like, well, maybe this is what you've given yourself over to. Oh, man. And, you know, it's hard to know. But I think dreaming big is still very healthy. You know, you, gosh, you serve the creator of the universe, you know, if you're a believer. Um, and if you believe that, then, like, why why think small? You know, why why stifle, you know, your view of what could be done? So, uh, oh man, oh, minute twenty-two, Steph, time ball game. That's the Lord's work, right there. I don't, I don't, I don't know about that. Just uh, like his newest movie. This is some bad theology. Don't hang your head on that. I don't think God's too invested uh, in this basketball game. Steph is working as under the Lord out there. Oh, here comes some insane Steph shot. It's coming. Oh yeah, of course Draymond Green passing that extra up. pass galore. Oh, oh it's it's beautiful, man. man. When it, it's and no, when it's good, it's good. All right, three-point lead for the Warriors, 56 seconds to go. What is that, like a 10-0 run? That's just one of the best offensive possessions you'll ever see. It was good. Yeah, I just want to—I want people to think big. I think it's easy. It's much easier to think small and think about how can we keep making things smaller. I think there's power. There is power in numbers to an extent. I mean, you think about there's power in, in the individual times, you know, with people, but there's also power in, like, man, remember those crazy, awesome experiences you— have had over your life, X, Y, or Z, whatever they were, you know, and those big event feels, I think sometimes people have never even had some of those in their life, but whatever it is, whether it's, you know, with a church body, a group of friends, sports, whatever, um, and never had that true team 
overcoming bonding feeling. It's like, whoa, we all worked together towards this goal and achieved it. Um, and I think there's some real power in that, um, that I hope, um, our church body continues to, to grow into and to, to feel, cause I definitely feel like we are very united, but I want us to continue to be united and pursuing excellence. And from an outsider's perspective, I think about this a lot. Um, I did nonprofit work for a good while. If, if someone came in and put a whiteboard up, that was a walk. Um, if someone put up a whiteboard and said like, all right, here's the ways that, you know, you're succeeding. Here's the ways that you're, that was foul. Okay. <laughs> um, did he go over and back? That was a foul. Oh, it, was a f- I, it looked a lot worse in real time. Um, that didn't really look like anything. I think it's important to just remember God. Think of his, you know, omnipotence. That's goaltending. Yeah. And keep that in mind when you're making plans. You know, and the worst thing that you're going to do is if you're just striving for excellence and big goals is if you don't get all the way to the mountaintop, if you get halfway up the mountain, you're still halfway up a mountain. And the view from there is much greater than just believing that, well, I'm all, this is where I'm at, mm-hmm. you know, when not always, but a lot of times, you know, God gives us free will. I'm always so reminded of that. God gives you free will. You know, with that, we are often almost entirely responsible maybe as adults i don't know but for a lot of the world a lot of the world that we live in currently like what our reality is you know we dictate we get to decide god gives us that and so if you remember that look at where our body is or anybody or just anyone like your life and be like all right am i where i want to be and if not especially as a believer like I need to trust and be able to tap into the things that I say I believe. If I believe as God is, is all these things, then I need to not be so afraid that great things can happen for me. 20 seconds to go, one-point game. Warriors with the ball and the one-point lead. We got a foul off the ball. That. Did, did Boogie. This is one thing after another against the Warriors. Oh. Yeah, yeah, that's a foul. Boogie, Boogie threw out the hockey hip. All right, we're going to pause. Did you literally? Yes. Did you literally just pause the podcast? No. Oh. <laughs> but I, I we gotta watch this. Fifteen seconds to go. Oh man. Are they gonna call a timeout? Nope. Here they go. Oh, they're just gonna get the claw of the ball. This is for a championship. Oh my goodness. Oh. Did he hit the side of the not backboard? Not today, Satan. Whatsoever. <laughs> that would have been the oh. ultimate redemption arc for Kyle Lowry as well. Playoff Lowry. So Kyle Lowry had a he had an open three. He had a good look. To win the it's game and ugly possession though. Hit the side of the backboard. So Golden State with some great D forced the ball at Kawhi's hand. Did he not even hit the side of the backboard? It like I think he hit like the like back of the like rim, like the assembly. I think it was that bad. It'll be it'll so, be way grosser if they close it out at Oracle. But so obviously no KDE. But, but would not co- appear to be unless shades of Willis Reed. But Cousins is a thing now. Is that uh, Cousins was a thing that? today. <laughs> Let's not get ahead of ourselves here. I'm saying Cousins is back. Boogie had we are going. We've had five games. Boogie's had two good ones. 106, 105. That's that's. Crazy. And in case you forgot, your thoughts on Boogie changed a lot in the last 20 seconds. He threw a giant hockey hip check and could have lost them the game. <laughs> for sure. I'm just I'm just looking for pieces here yeah. with no KD. They got to win two more games. Um, let's wrap up. Yeah, that's a final. And uh, I had. 
I had so many more questions. I wanted you, the claw to just get the, <laughs> to be able to shoot it, but he made the right play. Kyle Lowry just, I literally, he hit the assembly. Like, he didn't even hit the side of the backboard. He shot so far behind the goal. It wasn't wide open. He was wide open. Yeah, he was wide open. Okay. He, and he had two seconds. It wasn't like a like Maybe a Maybe he should have hit it. He stepped, he stepped into a shot. He stepped right into the assembly. My wife could have done the same thing. Do you think, by the way, I asked your wife what her favorite sport was tonight, and she said t-ball. Uh, child, watching children's t-ball. <laughs> but she I've doesn't seen, go and do that often, to be I've clear, like, not in like a weird way. She's not just... Well, I think most of us do that. Going to, like, she's like, all right, Saturday, t-ball day. But I've seen her throw bags, and she is not messing around. No. So... She enjoys, I would say, some recreational party sports. What I think has, that's about as far as it goes. What has, uh, this may or may not be the last question, what has fatherhood taught you? When I got married, somebody, many people told me that marriage will change your perception of God's love more than anything in the world until you have kids. Oh, kid is everything. Yeah. What's that like? Uh, Jonathan Overmeyer said it once to me, and it really rang true to me, was that it was like getting saved again when you have a kid. And man, cause you're just on edge. You're like you're, you're, you're so helpless to help your wife as she's going through labor and everything else. You know, you're just in there just trying not to screw things up and, um, good Lord willing, like it has for us, it goes well, happy, healthy baby. Wife is fine. And it's just, it's such a, for me, such a visual representation of just like, man, God's creation and how crazy all that is. And just the love of your kid, you know, they think you are the coolest person in the world. If they have a choice to hang out with anybody at this young of an age, they want to hang out with you or mom. Like, that's it. Like, you are their 1A, 1A, and 1A choices. Yeah. And you don't get that kind of love from, you know, other than like a dog. You know, goodness, you know, that's pretty amazing. And it also like, unless you're a dirt bag, like it, you see your, your partner in a totally different light and you just, you're reminded of how strong they are and how, how much of a dweeb you are when I'm like, I don't like get my finger poked for, uh, you know, get my blood, blood tested. And then, you know, my wife's passing a human through her body mm-hmm. and I'm like, mm, no, thank you. Yeah. And then you try very hard not to look at like, you know, the placenta and everything. You try your absolute best to avoid it. And then it, you see it out of the corner of your eye and you're like, oh, that's disgusting. And like, I'm like, that was just in my wife. And she did all that, all this blood, all this just blood, just goop. I'm like, what a stud. And I'm just such a jabroni. Well, it's almost midnight. We're in un- we're uncharted territory here on the Big Sea Little Sea Podcast. Oh. Bringing the, uh, we could go on, the Monday guess. night oil. So I, I want to, what I said earlier, it's important to me to know that you're there. And I want to honor you in being a part of the solution. Thanks. Or if you're not attempting to be, it's been a long time coming bringing you on here. So I, and I thank you for your vulnerability and for your certain set of skills <laughs> that you bring to the table. So thank you very much. Hey, thanks for having me. For real. Appreciate it, Jeremy. Jeremy. 
You've been listening to Big C, Little C, a podcast from Current Church. For more information, visit currentchurch.net or look for us on Facebook and Instagram. Current Church is located in Franklin, Indiana and meets on Sunday nights at 6 at The Gear. Theme music written and performed by Still the Hand. Imaging by Jessica Albertson. Please join us next time for more conversations on Big C, Little C.